Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, everybody. We've uh, got our online campus welcomed. So go ahead and give yourself a uh, screen name, enter into the chat, and uh, you're part of the conversation. We got our Dulles campus welcomed. They were pretty rowdy, and uh, Tenley Town. It's not. It's not a competition. But if it was, what would our response be? You look so good. Let's turn together to Isaiah 50. Uh, verse 4. Take your Bibles with you. Turn with me, Isaiah. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can grab your phone, download the Citizen Heights app. Um, that'll help get you connected. We've got uh, notes that uh, you can track along and follow along in our discussion today, and uh, that'll help you really um, internalize, right? I mean, hearing it is part of it. Hearing it and seeing it uh, increases retention by up to 40%. Did you know that? So uh, th- that's why we, we have visual aids, is we want to do more than just hear it. We want to live it. We want to live what God has for us. And so um, that'll help you get started. Isaiah 50, verse 4. Um, I'm excited for uh, what God is doing at Citizen Heights, and I'm excited that uh, God is doing something in your life fresh and new today. If you didn't know it, if you didn't expect it, he's sneaking up on you. Here it comes. And... Uh, of course, we are um, excited about Easter coming up, 70,000 invites going out to uh, the surrounding communities. And let me tell you, those, those invites are good, but you know what's better? Your invite. You personally just telling that same person at work five, six, ten 20 times, uh, you're coming to church with me. And we, we did a, a, a little campaign a, a while ago that I loved, and it was basically... Um, uh, asking a question and then making a statement. You need a church? You need a church. And uh, everybody needs a church. And so you can ask the question, hey, you need a church? And then turn it into a declarative. You, you need a church because church isn't our idea. Church is God's idea. It's how he wants to encourage you, grow you up, uh, see your gifts released and, and, and fulfillment come into your life but also for you to track with his will and his word and his ways for your life. And so that's why we love the Bible, right, Citizen Heights? If you're looking for an easy amen, it doesn't get any easier than that. We're going to try it again. We love the Bible. Yes, indeed, we do. So we're turning to Isaiah 54. Uh, While you get there, I just want to say again, we love you, church, and we love uh, the team. Um, Shows up strong, all of our campuses at the Dulles campus, even our online campus. They show up, they get ready, they're uh, moderating and involved and in making sure things are, uh, uh, resources are available. And uh, our, our team here at the Tenley Town campus, some team, they uh, schedule themselves once per month. Other team members schedule themselves every week and uh, they just can't get enough of it. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I was one of those every week guys growing up. And, and I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. I didn't do it for the church. I did it for me. <laughs> Because it made me get up in the morning. It made me show up because I was on the schedule and I needed to be there. And I didn't always feel like being there at 7 or 8.30 in the morning. But I was glad I went by the time 12.30 rolled around. And uh, can I just tell you, church should be, uh, it should be easy to come to church, but it should be hard to stay the same. 
And uh, you know you're in a good church if that's what's going on. So thank you all the team members, serving people, cleaning cleaning the facility, getting it ready, setting the stage, parking the cars, preparing for kids, praying in advance, laying hands on the chairs. Uh, Thank you for being a church that doesn't just attend church, but you're a church that builds church. And that means we're loving and lifting people. Amen? That's just a little pastoral exhortation to, uh, to our team that we love you, uh, but also an invitation. Get on the team and uh, be part of it because uh, it's a great thing. So uh, we start a new series today. Heather uh, just let us know that we're, we're starting a new series, and um, you can see it's, it's Awakenings. And it's, it's a subtitle, Revival is Near. You know, we had Revival is Here, and then I... I texted Wilson. I said, no, Wilson, revival is near. Let's, let's make the adjustment. And uh, I, I want to develop this thought over the next few weeks leading up to Easter. And I hope it takes us somewhere, but I hope it takes your faith somewhere. I hope you go a little bit deeper. We're going places in 2023. Amen. Right. Hello. And uh, we're following Jesus is not a sedentary life. It is on the move. He said, go into all the world. He said, you know, so, so we're, we're on the move. And, um, so as we start this new series, I hope it's bringing us somewhere, but I hope it brings some people along with us as we go. Amen. And so uh, I want to start by asking you a question because I know there's people in here that are going to, you know, we will, you will uh, understand me a little bit better and we'll understand each other a little bit better, but um, ask you a question about your sleep habits. Have you ever overslept? Have you ever overslept, forgot, maybe forgot to set the alarm? Uh, maybe, maybe the volume was turned down on your phone and the, you set the alarm. You're, you're a responsible adult, hashtag adulting. Remember when that was a thing? When people are like, I did laundry, I'm an adult. It's like, my kids are doing laundry at 13. <laughs> you waited too long. Get going, right? But you set the alarm, but the volume maybe wasn't up loud enough. Um, you know, you, you set it for the PM instead of the AM. You ever do that? Overslept? Anybody? Yeah, most of us, it happens. It happens to us, right? Uh, and, and we all know that terrifying feeling when you do wake up and you instantly realize, I have overslept. I missed the alarm. And some of us, but some of us do it by accident. And some of us live that reality on a daily basis. Some among us, and you know who I'm talking to, spouses do not identify the spouse that I'm talking to. Because we're not talking about a fluke. I'm talking about a real gift you have for oversleeping. <laughs> you got any, uh, any alarm ignorers out there? All right, we got one in the front row just self-identifying, celebrating the gift that God has given them. You can sleep right through the alarm. It's an amazing thing. Chronic oversleepers. Maybe you don't want to identify yourself, raise your hand, but we'll, we'll start a citizen group for you. Uh, you can support one another, encourage each other. Uh, but, but one of our sons wouldn't, wouldn't wake up uh, for his alarm. And it got all through middle school, all through high school. That's, guys, that's seven years. That's seven years of sleeping through alarms. And uh, it was so bad. What he would do is he would set a second alarm and sleep through that. And so then what he did is he set a third alarm. And he would put them in different places in his room to wake him up. Um, and uh, we would be downstairs in the morning, and we'd be hearing not one, not two, but three alarms going off 
for a prolonged period of time. And we would go up, and there he is, sleeping with three alarms, just roaring in the background. And, and as sleep-deprived adults, my wife and I were extremely jealous of this gift that he had to sleep uh, through the alarm. And, and, and many of us, I remember when I was young, I was very similar to that. I could sleep through alarms. I would oversleep regularly. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, that, that noise itself... You know what noise I'm talking about? That noise. Terrible. It's a different one. Right. You know, it's like it induces trauma. <laughs> Can we be honest? It's psychological. Um, something about that noise. You know, no matter what generation you grew up in, because we had a couple, we had the angry LED lo- uh, clock. I had, the, I had one of the ringers with the actual bell, because uh, I thought that that was pretty retro. Um, but it doesn't matter what the noise is. It's all shocking. Um, and, and, but here's the thing. I don't know about you, but hearing that noise, it, it's hard for me to ignore that noise. It's hard for me to disturb something deeply inside of me, even just to hear it when I'm fully awake. And, and my heart is kind of racing a little bit now just from, from hearing the, the alarm noise. Um, and there's, there's really that, that shock that comes when you abruptly wake up, and that's a noise, and now you associate it. So over the years, what you, what you do, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, you begin to anticipate your alarm. Does anybody do this? You, you start waking up before the alarm. So now I typically wake up 10 to 15 minutes before my alarm goes off. This morning I set my alarm. I woke up 30 minutes before my alarm went off because I'm just like, I don't want to hear that sound. And my body is on notice. You don't like that sound. Wake up before it. Uh, well, so, so what are we talking about? We're talking about awakenings, and we all need sleep. Just naturally speaking, of course, we all need sleep. Sleep is a good thing. Get your Apple Watch. Get your Aura Ring. Track your sleep. Lack of sleep is the number one cause of premature aging. So if you were looking for a motivation, there it is. Uh, you need sleep for your body, for your soul, even for your emotions, your decision-making, your spirit. You need rest, you need sleep. Uh, and sleep is good, right, in the natural. But I want to take the ne- next few weeks, and I want to talk about waking up and awakening in the spirit. I want to talk about not being asleep in your spirit, you have a spirit, and it can nod off. It can doze. It can, it can tryptophan. It can have a couple bad meals and get lethargic. And before you know it, you're not alert. You're not awake in the spirit and, and, and to spiritual realities that are just as present and impactful as natural realities. Hello, are you here? Our text today team can put this up for us. You, you've probably already made it there. Isaiah 50, verse 4 says, the Lord has given me the tongue of a disciple. Remember we said this year, we're going places. And one of the things we said, listen, we're going to do outreaches. We're going to do missions. We're going to do citizen groups. We're going to become disciples. Remember? So Isaiah, he says, he awakens, he says, he gives me the tongue of a disciple that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Listen, when you wake up, you begin to wake others up. And that's, there's a, there's a chain reaction to this. And, and so uh, let's continue with it. It says, 
Then it says, God, he awakens me morning by morning, and he awakens my ear to listen, to hear as a disciple. Gosh, I hope that happens. The next five weeks, I hope there's something that, that begins to, to happen in your own spirit where you begin to maybe come out of the fog a little bit. Because I believe apathy is one of those things. There are certain uh, traps that the enemy will set for certain seasons and in different stages of life and in different generations. And, and so your battle might not be your kid's battle. And your kid's battle won't be your grandparents' battle. But every generation has certain battles they must face. And I believe the battle before the church, and the, at least in this present day is a battle of apathy it's just a disconnected lethargic uh, unavailable uninvolved unresponsive connection to God's house and, and what that does is when you disconnect from there you disconnect from like when Solomon came and dedicated the temple and he prayed the prayer and they the sacrifices were offered come on we're living sacrifices every Sunday Every Sunday, we, we fill this room in Dulles and, and hopefully more, more rooms and more campuses and more experiences with people saying, I'm a, I'm a living sacrifice. And it said, Solomon prayed, and then the glory of God filled the temple and overwhelmed their senses, and, and it brought about a, a place of interaction and, and connection with a God beyond us, a God above us, a God who created everything around us. But now we were alert and awake and alive and aware that he's in the room. Come on, I want to get aware. I, I want to be aware that Jesus has a plan and a purpose and he's walking in the room and he's walking in the midst with us. And so the prophet Isaiah says, God awakes me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear and listen as a disciple. And the, this idea of awakening. In the Bible, an awakening implies there's been slumber and there's been passivity. Okay? You got that? Slumber and passivity. So when it's talking about waking somebody up, it's not talking about they were having good restorative sleep. You know, there are verses about that in the Bible. I don't know if you know, if you struggle with sleeping or, or maybe feel guilty because you got a lot to do, sleep is part of God's plan for your life. Amen? I thought my front row guy would at least say amen that one. Sleep is part of God's plan for your life. But, but when it talks about awakening, there it is. When it talks about awakening, it's talking about passivity. It's talking about being in a state of slumber spiritually. And so the word awakening, it's widely used in the Bible and in church history to reference revival. Like when there's an awakening, there's a coming alive in God. It's a spiritual awakening. And so we, we see this word revival, and there's been a lot of talk about awakenings and, and revivals recently. I don't know, maybe you've seen it. and you've, I, w I would think if you're on social media, you've, you've heard about it. Maybe seen news reports and articles and op-eds, and everybody's weighing in on revival. Uh, a small Christian college uh, chapel in Kentucky. They're just having their, nor I think they have chapel once, twice, three times a week, whatever it is, and all of a sudden it just didn't stop. Chapel never ended, and went a day two, and a day three, and a day four, and a day five, and a day six, and it's just around the clock, and it, it was just going and going and going. Revival stirrings now you hear around the globe. Just awakenings, pockets, boop, 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 boop. Can somebody kill this fog machine over here? It's got a good beat to it, but I'd. So all these awakenings. We shouldn't be surprised. Uh, throughout history, God has been awakening and reviving his church and awakening and reviving his people. 
this is something God does. Amen? Uh, I'll have the team put this on the screen for you. The Bible's filled with awakening. We can just look through the Old Testament history if we wanted to really, like, this could be Bible study hour if we wanted to and, and look at all the revivals through, through Jacob, Moses, Joshua, the book of Judges, Samuel, King Asa, Elijah, Jehoshaphat, Nineveh with Jonah, King Hezekiah, King Josiah, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, on and on and on. All these awakenings and revivals. And we could go to the New Testament and see that God is very much interested in waking us up spiritually and reviving us uh, with uh, New Testament revival with John the Baptist, his disciples, uh, the Samaritan village, the day of Pentecost, uh, Samaria with Philip. I mean, you start reading some of these, you're like, oh, God is, this is something God does from time to time because we doze off. And Caesarea with Philip, Antioch, first, Paul's first missionary journey, his second missionary journey. Come on, you're, you're going places in God and you can't be driving when you're asleep at the wheel. Even in recent church history, the last 400 years, no shortage of God reviving and awakening. The Reformation, the First Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the Azusa Street Revival, the Latter-day Rain Movement, the Toronto Blessing, the Pensacola Outpouring, on and on and on. Some of you have been part of some of those. Some of you have read about some of those. But all of those uh, uh, codify for us this pattern that God from time to time moves across his church, his body, and his people to awaken them because they've fallen asleep. Now, I don't know if what is happening in the world right now is a church-wide, national, global awakening. I don't know if that awakening is near. But what I do know is your personal awakening is near because the Lord is near so we'll only find out history will determine whether the naysayers because there's no shortage of people you know exhausting themselves online you know denouncing it or 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 coronating it you know Uh, history will write the books and tell us but what I'm interested is you and your personal revival your personal awakening and that is near. That's why when they, they showed me the graphic, Awakenings, revival is here. And I said, well, I don't know. But I know revival is near. And, and why not us? Why can't we reach out? Why can't we be the ones who wake up? Why can't we be part of those who say, you know what? I've been sleeping in on God. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. You know, the Bible says those who worship God worship him in spirit and in truth. Why do we worship and why will we probably sing one more song at the end today to worship? Because there's something about beholding him in truth that, that all of a sudden you come to that, that conclusion that we sang. The more I see you, the more I want to. Like, I didn't think I was into worship. I didn't think I was a church. Like, I used to be a gym rat. You couldn't get me out of a gym. I'd shoot all day. I'd be playing basketball all day, all night. And you couldn't get me out of it. And if somebody said to me, hey, you know, someday you're going to feel like that in worship. I'd laugh. What? I mean, some of us have thought about heaven when when we do the billing and advertising for heaven. We're like, someday in heaven we're going to worship like forever, for all eternity. We'll just be worshiping. Some of us are like, wow, really? Are there other things? What about cryptozoology? Do you have a room for that where I can look up like uh, 
the Yeti and, and like the Loch Ness Monster and like will there be other rooms to go in besides just the worship room in heaven, right? But there's something about worship that when you get caught in the truth, the spirit and the truth of seeing who Jesus is, whew, it does something to you. And, and, and it moves your spirit, but it moves your soul. And all of a sudden, just like when I look at Heather up on the screen, I go, wow, I can't believe she hangs out with me. Like, she's so beautiful. The closer you get to Jesus, you're like, I can't believe. Like, I can't believe it. Like, you better believe Heather touches my emotions. And, and the love that Jesus has for you, it's going to uncork some of your emotions. And that's okay. Because you're going to live in truth by his word, but it's going to impact your feelings and your emotions. I don't know why we're going into that. But draw near to God, James 4, 8. I think maybe we went into that because some of us have just this cerebral uh, approach to God that it's like, okay, God, I'm okay if I can read about you, uh, parse you out, um, you know, break it down. I can make graphs about you, and I can do all that. But, but don't be an experience. Just be something that I can understand and control. Don't be something that acts on its own will and begins to, to move me. Because I like to control my relationships. <laughs> Not this one. You want this one out of control. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. James 4, 8. Philippians 4. I just love it. The, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. That's, how, that's why I'm so confident that whether revival is near globally, locally, nationally, I don't know. But I am confident that your revival is near because God is near. And if God is near, it's, it's, just, it's just you and I responding to the ever-present help, the imminence of his deliverance. He stands by waiting to intervene for us. Remember in, in the gospel it says, Jesus is standing outside Jerusalem, and I've stood at the place where they say, this is where Jesus would have stood on this road, looking at the walls of Jerusalem, and this is where he would have said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, would that I have gathered you under, but you wouldn't allow it. And God is standing near, and he's surveying your world. And some of your worlds look pretty good on the outside, but internally we all know we have some things. And God is looking at your world and saying, ah, if you would just let me. Revival is near. Church history is nice, but, you know, I, 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 it'd be great to be part of that. I went to the Toronto Blessing. I went to the Pensacola Outpouring. My brother-in-law was the drummer for the Pensacola Outpouring. I always forget that. So we'd go down. Listen, if you've never been in a revival atmosphere, people are not just standing outside because we locked the doors until 10 a.m., and we wanted to line you up. People are lined up outside, around the block, stretching away in the, in the rain, in the snow. And, and it's not just church people, it's hungry people. It's people who are just curious people. It's people who just want to know if God is real people. And they're people who are broken and beat up and don't think God loves them anymore, but they're being drawn in by this curiosity. And that's the kind of stuff that we saw in Toronto. That's the kind of stuff we saw in Pensacola, night after night after night. And it was amazing. I don't know. Being part of church history and a revival would be nice, but, but what about you? Forget history, personally. What about you? And we have this promise of heaven. I want to read this to you. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. It says, you will seek me. God is, God is saying this to you. You're going to seek me, and then you're going to find me 
when you seek me with all your heart. Now, I don't know about revivals around the world, but I know where my revival is and your revival is. It's very simple. My heart humbling itself and searching after God. It's really simple. Like, we can talk about church history and we can list all these stuff. We could even deep dive into all the similarities and commonalities between all those movements. It's very interesting. And I cut six pages of notes just so we could end this in a reasonable amount of time. But understand something. We could go into all of that, but a humble heart to say, Jesus, I need you. I want to seek you. I want to search after you. I'm hungry for you. Revival is near. I hope that's true for the church, but, but that statement, it's not so much a foretelling as it's just a personal promise. God is near. God is near. And I believe it's time just to, to sound the alarm for those who have slumbered. Can I encourage you today? You know, like the Holy Spirit is driving home exactly what you need to hear today. It's time to sound the alarm for those who have slumbered. You know, our hearts get otherwise engaged. We get distracted. We lose our, our you know, our motives are kind of crisscrossed. We get too tired. We get too exhausted to care. We passively start nodding off in and out of God consciousness. In and out of, of, of spiritual awareness. And, and, you know, you slumber in two different ways. Like, first we slumber in our sin until we repent and find salvation in Jesus. And praise God, it's something that changes you forever. And we're going to give an opportunity in a moment. I hope that you'll pray that prayer with us. Because we slumber in our sin. We don't even realize that there's a way out. We don't realize you can wake up tomorrow and have a clean conscience before God and man. You don't even realize you can have a fresh start. You don't even realize that you can, what the Bible says, come alive in God in the Spirit. Like you've never awakened in the spirit in even that most basic sense. So we slumber in our sin until we repent and find salvation. But then sometimes years go by and we start slumbering in our churches. Weak, uninvolved, ineffective, ineffective. Revival starts with a humble heart. Just say, God, I've been hitting the snooze. I've been, I've been checking out. But I'm going to seek you wholeheartedly. God, I, I, I don't know how to else or what else to do, but my heart is wholly yours. And I'm going to set my gaze on you, and I'm going to begin to worship. See, revival draws us closer to God. Revival inspires us to surrender to God. Revival convicts us of our disobedience to God. Revival invites us to have fellowship with God and believers of God. Revival awakens us to the mission that God has and in reaching the world with the gospel. See, when we get revived personally, something begins to happen. Recently, uh, Asbury and, and these other movements around the world, I, I already told you, everybody has an opinion, Right? It must be, I, I just feel bad for those people. It must be exhausting to have to generate a hot take on every, on every headline. It's just, wow, some people are really good at it, you know. Uh, but to just constantly feel the need to criticize or idolize or demonize or sensationalize, and they just, it's like this constant, 
you know, movements are happening in pockets around the world, you know, and, and what do we do? We do what, what, hist- what social media has now groomed us to do. We take sides, we tribalize, we cheer or jeer. We crown or we dethrone. But you're not a kingmaker. You're not a kingslayer. You don't get to establish the reality of, of another person's faith, the fulcrum of their faith hinging on an encounter with God. And we're going to say no or yes. I'll be the judge of that. You're sleeping hard. You're talking in your sleep and you won't like what. Listen, have you ever had a sleep talker in your house? Gibberish. Crazy talk. I got a great story I'll tell you next week. Come back for that one. Uh, listen, cheering, jeering, crowning, dethroning. Take a note from D.L. Moody. I don't know if I put this, I think I put this in the app notes. D.L. Moody says, it's clear, he's talking about evangelism, how nobody was happy with him, how he was doing evangelism. D.L. Moody did a pretty good job with evangelism. But everybody's a critic. It's much easier to take a sledgehammer and tear a house down than bring a tape measure and a hammer and build one. And so everybody's a critic. So D.L. Moody says this, it's clear that you don't like my way of doing evangelism. And you raise some good points. He said, frankly, I sometimes do not like the way I'm doing evangelism. But then he said this, but I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. D.L. Moody, D.L. Moody dropping the mic. He says, listen, you might not like how some, some other person is hungering and thirsting for the awakening of their own heart and, and, and the hearts of the lost and the collective church. You might not like how they're going about it, but I like their way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. <laughs> is that okay to say? The only question I think we should be asking ourselves personally is, am I hearing the alarm? Am I hearing the Holy Spirit alarm to awaken, to call on God, to get back to, you know, Revelation, uh, John is whisked away. He's on the island of Patmos. He has this vision. He's asleep, but God is talking to him, and and, and God begins to tell him about the church at Ephesus. And Ephesus, you did this great. In Ephesus, you did that great. But the one thing you did is you lost your first love. You stopped loving God. You stopped loving one another. Am I hearing the alarm to call on God, to pray, to seek him with my heart, to get honest about my heart and stop judging everybody for their actions and just judging myself by my intentions? And we let ourselves off so easily. Oh, look at my wonderful heart. The searching heart. Man, finds God. Wakes up. The humble heart. Man, it finds God. It wakes up. The worshiping heart, it finds God and it wakes up. The prayerful heart, most every move of God has got some people somewhere praying the price and saying, here on earth as it is in heaven, come on God, do what you want to do. Show up and awaken your church and awaken these hearts. Have you ever been so tired that you start to doze off at the wheel? It's dangerous. And you have to do something extreme when that happens. Yeah, yeah, pull over, right? Run, run laps around the car. Because what I have found, I've, I've driven across the country by myself six times in my life, and I love it. I actually wish it was a job. I guess it is a job. Truckers, that's what they do. I guess I'm supposed to be a trucker, guys. I love it. But, 
but when you get tired and you're driving long distances, like slapping yourself in the face doesn't work for long. You become immune to the, to the self-abuse, right? You need a constant conversation. You need somebody in the car with you that is engaging you and, and bringing, you, bringing you like alive, the life out of you and thought and focus out of you. Falling asleep at the wheel spiritually, church, come on, there's just too much hanging in the balance. There's too much. And we can slap ourselves and, you know, punish ourselves, condemn ourselves. But let me tell you, you become numb to that and you just stay asleep. Being in a constant conversation. Can I convince you today? We have a God that's so near, he wants a constant conversation. We have a God so near that he says, pray, and don't just let it be the repetition of words and incantations. Let it be a conversation with a God so near, so interested, so involved, that I'm going to actually respond to you, and I'm going to awaken your ear to hear as a disciple. And I'm not just going to give enough for you. I'm going to have enough for you to bring healing to those around you. And there's going to be an awakening of your life and your heart and your spirit that you couldn't have generated, and you couldn't have faked it, you couldn't have manufactured it, but you just received it because God is moving. Amen? Amen. Let's end there. That's enough. But I I do want to say, what if, I'm going to pray for two kinds of people. But the thought occurs to me, what what if you're in that place and you feel like, uh, my heart is just where it's at. I can't move my heart. Have you ever felt that way? It's like, my heart's dead. And I can't make it undead. It's just dead. Come on, preacher. Like, it's, (laughs) can we get real and practical and honest? That what do you do when there's no, what do they call that? The rhythmia or something? Oh, you're all medical people saying fancier words than I was intending. Yes, the EKG. You're like, hey, what do I do? I'm hearing you. I want to be alive in God. I want to want God. I'd love to be part of what God is doing. But if there's no pulse, there's no pulse. Can I just tell you, Adam was all the form and all the fashion and all the creative ingenuity of God, but still a corpse until the breath of God was breathed into him. And you cannot jumpstart, but you can be in a position and a posture to receive the breath of God. Man, keep coming back the next few weeks and just get in the, the posture to receive the breath of God worship and prayer and reading the Bible and getting in citizen groups with other people and just, and just be honest. Like for once in your life, be honest and be okay with the fact that, you know what, I don't feel it and I don't understand it and, and I'm not even like interested in it, but I know that God is real and right, but I just, I, I don't know. Be honest. Be honest. Take a step of faith. And understand the promise of Ezekiel 11, and this is the last verse, and I pray. It says, I will give them an undivided heart. This is what God does when you get honest. I will give them an undivided heart, and I'll put a new spirit in them, and I'll remove from them their heart of stone because they were honest, and it was dead, and, do- and it was done, and it wasn't doing them any good, and I put instead a heart of flesh in them. Come on, it's, it, history is great, but what about my heart? Right? Church history is great, but what about me personally? It starts with surrendering your heart. Amen? Would you just uh, take a moment. Just close your eyes right where you are. I know we're over time. But I want to pray with you right now. We slumber in our sin until we repent and find salvation in Jesus. I want to give an opportunity right now.
Before I do, though, I'm just going to pray for those who are in the room. And you know, I'm not slumbering dead in sin and and unaware of kind of all that stuff. I'm just kind of slumbering in church. I'm just kind of slumping and dozing off and nodding off and just not awake in the spirit like I used to be or like I want to be. And if that's you and you just want to respond to this word with every eye closed, just lift your hand. We're just going to pray a simple prayer. Father, all over this room, God, we want to come alive in you at a greater dimension in a greater way. God, we want the spirit of the living God to fall afresh on us and quicken our mortal bodies and and to make us alive even as the breath of God, the Yah of Yahweh, the exhale of God brought about life where there was nothing but form. And God, so many of us have a form and we have the motions. And if people just observed us from the outside externally and from a distance, they'd say, yeah, they got it. They get it. They're doing great. But the reality is there's death inside. We're asleep. So, God, we just pray that those in your church and the church would wake up and arise and be the the bride that you've called them to be, God, victorious and glorious, God, with purpose and wisdom as disciples following you but also leading others. With every eye closed, second group of people I want to pray for is is just you've either never you've never prayed a prayer to give your life to Jesus to surrender your heart to Jesus or you've done it at some point in your life but you have not been living that reality you feel distance from God the Bible says he is near God is near to you and you just call on him and right now I'm gonna pray a prayer over us generally but before I do I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say pastor include me in that prayer don't worry I'm not gonna call you out of your seat I'm not gonna try to trick you into coming to the front but I am going to ask you to lift your hand and wave to me and say, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that prayer with you today. Are you ready? One, don't wait. Today is a day of new beginnings. Two, it's time to wake up in God like never before. Are you ready? One, two, hands are already going up. Yep. Just wave at me. Thank you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else say, yeah, include me in that prayer. Yep. I got you. Anybody else say, yeah, include me in that prayer. Amen, amen. Come on, be, be excited. Be, be like certain about it, man. God is going to wake me up. God is going to take me to new places because I'm surrendering my heart to him today. Amen, amen. Online campus, you can just lift your hand where you are. You can share with one of our pastors that I'm raising my hand. Dulles campus. You can put your hands down, and maybe you didn't feel comfortable raising your hand, but you know this prayer is for you, and this moment is for you. So nice and loud, repeat with us. Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So I surrender all that I am and all that I used to be. I put it in your hands, and I give myself to you. Now say this boldly. I am a Christian. By God's grace, I've been saved. It's not in my works. It's in his love. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet right now? Let's let the first thing we do right now be to worship the God who loves us.